Hi, welcome to the Bailey Podcast, a podcast about Bible studies, book reviews, and life chats. I'm your host, Kemian, and let's dive right in. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Jeremiah 29 is a well-known Bible verse. It's well-known because it speaks of reassurance. In a single verse, it reminds the reader that things will get better. It speaks hope to the hopeless, peace to the restless, and if you're surrounded by failings, it reminds you that the future is brighter. So with this said, you can see why this verse is so popular with so many people. But what was actually going on when Jeremiah wrote those words? Well, to put it simply, quite a lot. You see, those words are spoken to people who were in the midst of disobedience. In fact, they were in outright rebellion against God. In today's episode, we will explore the story behind Jeremiah 29 verse 11. So as I was preparing for this podcast episode, I kind of thought, where do I actually start in terms of giving a background, giving the background to Jeremiah 29? You see, the book of Jeremiah isn't actually written in chronological order. So to understand what's going on, you need to jump from chapter to chapter, looking at verse here and there, here a little, there a little. So you don't actually stay in one place. And that's one of the interesting parts of Bible studies that you can't really stay in one place. So when I was preparing, yeah, where do I start? And to have a better understanding of Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I thought that it would be relevant to answer some of the following questions. Who was Jeremiah? Why was he writing? What was going on at the time that he was writing? So, who was Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says this, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. So, Jeremiah was one chosen by God He was chosen by God long before he had knowledge that he had been chosen by God. A prophet was the mouthpiece of God and that's what God prepared Jeremiah to be, to be his mouthpiece. And a prophet's message was often very unpopular and a prophet himself would be hated. And God prepared Jeremiah for this prior to Jeremiah starting his ministry In the same chapter, verse 19, it says, They will attack you, but they will not be able to overcome you. For I will be with you to rescue you, says the Lord. And God himself had warned Jeremiah that he was going to face opposition. But regardless of the opposition he was going to face, God was going to be with him and the people would not be able to prevail against him. So Jeremiah was being called to ministry. Jeremiah didn't feel ready for that calling. After all, God was calling him to be his mouthpiece, to go and speak to a rebellious people, not stubborn people, but rebellious, so people who knew right but were willfully choosing to do wrong. And he was a young man. 
he was only a youth. In some Bible translation, it says that he said, I am but a child. And Jeremiah wasn't going to go and speak to some of his peers. He was going to speak to the leaders of the land, to the royalty. He was speaking to the elders, the prophets, these aged and aged people, grown folks he was going to speak to. And the modern day equivalent of that would be a young person being called by God to go and speak to the royal family, the house of parliament, to the religious leaders and to me personally, I think that's quite a daunting task to go and speak to not stubborn but rebellious people. But that's what God was calling Jeremiah to do. So that's a little bit about Jeremiah and who he was. But what was going on at the time that he was writing? Why did the people need a prophet and why did God have to call Jeremiah? Well, apostasy. God's people were in apostasy. They had abandoned their religious beliefs and principles. They had spent generations, several generations, corrupting themselves with idol worship. The people were so corrupted in idol worship that God presented a very bizarre question to them through the prophet Jeremiah. That question is found in Jeremiah 2 verse 5. It says, thus says the Lord, What unrighteousness have your fathers found in me, that they have gone far from me, and have walked after vanity and become vain? I think this question is very bizarre because you have a holy God asking the people, What could your fathers have found in me that was so unrighteous? to make them become vain and have corrupted themselves with idol worship. And this is something you see in the early chapters of Jeremiah where God is questioning the people's love because he could see that they had forgotten everything he had done for them, the miraculous ways he had worked in their father's and grandfather's life. And the people are now choosing to worship objects, objects that had no value or worth. One thing that becomes clear from the early chapters of Jeremiah is that you see the people's continual rejection of God. But despite their rejection, God still tries. God was still trying to draw close to them. And that's how you see God's love that in spite of the people's inability to remember what God had done for them, despite their inability to keep their promises to God. God was still keeping his promises to them. God was still reaching out to them. And that was what Jeremiah's message was, um, ministry was focused on. God seeking to reach and reach his people. God was seeking to reach his people through this man. So that's one of the reasons why Jeremiah was needed. Why he was called to be a prophet to the people. But some more things were happening at the time. You see, the corruption of the people wasn't just happening on one generation or among some people. It was generations after generations of turning away from God, committing sins, idol worship. And you even had the prophets and the priests involved in this. And the people provoked God to jealousy. And no one understood God's jealousy quite like 
Judah's last righteous king, King Josiah. The young king understood that God didn't want to share the people's worship. God was jealous over who the people were worshipping. So he went about and brought reform to the land. And I just want to read a few verses related to this righteous king. It's found in 2 Kings 22 verses 1 and 2. It reads, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedida, the daughter of Ab- Abida of Boshkat. He did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and did not turn aside to the right or to the left. So King Josiah ascended to the throne at the age of eight years old, and he did, verse 2 said that he did what was right in the sight of God. He removed the corrupt priests and leaders and removed the idols that the people had put in place of the God of heaven. Jeremiah grew up during King Josiah's reign, but sadly King Josiah died and the mercies of God was slowly running out for Judah. So Jeremiah presented to the people a message of repentance and hope, destruction and restoration, but also a message of submission. Jeremiah's ministry wasn't just filled with doom and gloom. One of the unique aspects of Jeremiah's ministry was that he saw the literal fulfillment of the prophecies which he warned the people about. You see, in the Bible you will come across um, prophets that prophesied or said predicted something that was going to happen but it happened years later maybe even decades and centuries after they prophesied what they said was going to happen but in Jeremiah's ministry he actually saw the literal fulfillment of the things which he prophesied about prophesied about with a heavy heart he shared in the sorrows that he tried to warn the people of and there's no there's no surprise that he wrote one of the saddest books in the bible lamentations lamentations express the intense pain that jeremiah felt after jerusalem's captivity some people will know of jeremiah as a weeping prophet he was a weeping prophet because he had a lot to cry about he witnessed the three separate attacks that took place on jerusalem and the destruction of the nation. Jeremiah lived through the reign of the last four kings before the full destruction of Jerusalem and the captivity of the people. He witnessed as each king ascended to the throne and he also watched as they were led away into captivity. For each king, disobedience and defiance mark their rulership. And the Bible says that They did evil in the sight of God. Each king continued the evil of his predecessor. And you know what's interesting? Some of these kings only ruled for a short period of time. A couple only reigned for three months. Yet in this short span of time, they were set on doing evil 
to each one of the kings Jeremiah spoke, he wrote to the to each one of the king and the leadership, he spoke to the people, he wrote to the princes, he stood in front of them as with acts of um, demonstration to illustrate his points, to illustrate the points, to illustrate the message which God had given to him. But yet the people continued in their rebellion and hatred of what he had to say. Jeremiah was presenting a message saying that, Jerusalem needed to submit to the Babylonian rulership and a failure to submit to the Babylonian rulership would result in the captivity and destruction of the nation. And we even see the goodness of God in the way that he allowed Jerusalem to be destroyed. And I mean this in the sense that Jerusalem wasn't destroyed in one single attack. The king of Babylon didn't sweep in and destroy the city and take the people captive. They were taken in three separate attacks. The first attack took place under the reign of a king called Jehoiakim. Jeremiah had been preaching to the people that they needed to submit to the Babylonian rule. And for a short period of time, that's exactly what King Jehoiakim did. In 2 Kings Chapter 24, verse 1, it reads, During Jehoiakim's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked. Jehoiakim was his subject for three years, but then he rebelled against him. It was this rebellion by King Jehoiakim against King Nebuchadnezzar that led to the first attack on Jerusalem. For three years, King Jehoiakim submitted to Babylonian rule. But the verse says, the latter part of the verse says that, but then he rebelled. And it was this rebellion that led to the first attack on Jerusalem. And captives were taken away to Babylon. In this attack, King Nebuchadnezzar took away prophets, elders, priests, queen, princes, carpenters and smiths. All those people were led away to Babylon. So what has this all got to do with Jeremiah 29? Well, Jeremiah 29 was a letter. It was a letter to the first group of captives that were taken to Babylon. And as we look at this letter, there's some questions I would ideally like us to have an answer to. Why did Jeremiah need to write to them? Before we continue, we'll have a musical interlude by a talented young man, Ocantant Aye. Thank you. 
that was a beautiful cover of the song When I Cry. You can find more of his music on YouTube and Instagram. I will list his details in the notes for this episode. Before the break, we were about to look at what prompted Jeremiah to write the letter recorded in chapter 29. So what prompted him? False prophets. During Jeremiah's ministry, there was a lot of false prophets that were opposing the message that he was presenting from God. What's important to remember is that the message that Jeremiah was communicating to the people wasn't his own thoughts or opinions or predictions of what was going to happen. It was coming directly from God. And Jeremiah had opposers in Babylon as well as in Jerusalem. So among the people that were taken away captives, some of those people were prophets and they were diviners. And in Jerusalem, among the people who weren't captives, who were still who still had their freedom, there were prophets and diviners that were rebelling against the message that God had given to Jeremiah. At this point, I'm just going to read a little bit on a little bit from the letter that Jeremiah sent to the captives taken to Babylon. Jeremiah 29, reading from verse 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the captivity whom I have caused to be carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was the advice God had for them. Build houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and fathers, sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, and multiply there, and do not diminish. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you shall have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are in the midst of you and your diviners deceive you. Neither listen to their dreams which you cause them to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, After seventy years are accomplished for Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. And then we have the verse in verse 11. So essentially, God was saying to the captives in Babylon through the prophet Jeremiah that they should get on with their lives because their captivity was going to be long. And as I was studying this out, I realized that still didn't answer my question about what prompted Jeremiah to write to the people. Sin and rebellion had led to their captivity. If you can remember in 2 Kings 24 verse 1, it said that it was the rebellion of Jehoiakim that led to the captivity of, well, what led to the first attack on Jerusalem and ultimately the captivity of the first group of people. Sin and rebellion had led to their captivity and their prophets and wise men or dreamers were inspiring them to rebel even more. 
And I think out of love for the people, God in his mercy sent them this message as a message of warning and counsel to say, don't continue in your rebellion. Settle yourself. (laughs) If that's the best way to describe it. Settle yourself because you're going to be there for a long time. God knew that a rebellion, rebellion would just make their captivity worse. And that's why in the letter, Jeremiah said to them to seek the peace of the city where God has allowed them to be taken captives. But these false prophets were inspiring the people to into more rebellion upon rebellion. So this story is very steep and rich in rebellion against God. And even in captivity, they were being inspired to rebel against God's will. In Jerusalem, Jeremiah faced opposition from a false prophet called Hananiah. And in Babylon, there was a false prophet opposing his writings and his counsel to the captives called Shemaiah. Hananiah preached rebellion in Jerusalem and Shemaiah preached resistance and rebellion in Babylon. Hananiah had been opposing Jeremiah's work in Jerusalem. The first wave of captives had been led away um, with King Jehoiakim by King Nebuchadnezzar. And remaining in Jerusalem, there were still many who had not been taken in captivity And Jeremiah continued to labor and preach to those who were yet to be taken into captivity, preaching to them the importance of submitting to the Babylonian rule. This angered the false prophet Hananiah. So he, one of the means or one of the ways which Jeremiah tried to arrest the attention of the people, he was desperate to do anything to show them that they needed to take heed they needed to listen to his counsel and submit to the Babylonian rules God instructed Jeremiah to make bonds and yoke and put it on himself and stand before the people as a visual representation of the captivity that they were going to be in if they chose to oppose if they chose to rebel against the message of submit so Jeremiah stood before the free people, the people who were free and still living in Jerusalem with bonds and yokes on his body. And if you don't know what a bond and yoke is, if you type into Google bond and yoke, you might you'll see images of like a cow and the bond around the, the neck of the the bond around the neck of the cow. So a bond and a yoke is essentially a wooden construct with um leather around it and it was used to keep or keep animals or cows under control and if you can imagine that the prophet jeremiah standing front standing in front of the people wearing um things that they would naturally associate with how you contain and control an animal and saying to the people this is your future this is your portion unless you submit to babylonian rule This is recorded in Jeremiah 28. You can read that story in more detail after this podcast or you can study that story in more detail after this podcast. But in Jeremiah 28 verse 10, it says, Then Hananiah the prophet took the bars from off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people saying, Thus says the Lord, 
Even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, within two full years from off the neck of all the nations. The prophet Jeremiah went his way. So Jeremiah said to the people, failure to submit will result in captivity. And in order to make the people feel less at, well, unnerved by Jeremiah's message, Hananiah broke the bonds and yokes that Jeremiah had on his body and and proclaimed to the people that in less than two, in two years, he was going to do the same to the Babylonian rule. So God was saying 70 years of captivity. Hananiah was presenting to the people that actually it will be a short captivity. It will only be a short time. So he was opposing not Jeremiah, but he was opposing God. So that was Hananiah and the work that he was doing in Jerusalem. In Babylon, amongst the captives, you could imagine that the people were feeling quite depressed and I don't I don't even know the accurate words to describe what they would have been feeling. For years, they would have heard about Jeremiah's preaching. Jeremiah preached for over 23 years before the first captives were taken to Babylon. These captives would have heard Jeremiah's message and then they were being held captives in Babylon. And the false prophet Shemaiah rose up amongst the people and like Hananiah, presented a counter-argument to Jeremiah's message of submission. In order to find out a little bit more about Shemaiah, we're going to head back to Jeremiah 29. Shemaiah had written a letter in opposition to Jeremiah's letter to the captives in Babylon. He wrote this letter to the leaders in Jerusalem. And in this letter, he accused how they were handling the situation in Jerusalem. He questioned why they were allowing Jeremiah to continue to preach his message of destruction and his message of submission. He also questioned why they had allowed him to even send a letter to them who were in captivity to tell them that their captivity was going to be long, that they should build houses. Actually, I'm going to read a few verses related to what I've just said. So Jeremiah 29 verse 26 the Lord has made you priests in the place of Jehoiada, the priests, that there may be officers in the house of the Lord. For every man who is mad and makes himself a prophet, that you should put him in stocks and in shackles. Speaking of Jeremiah, he was saying, you should arrest this man because he's making himself a prophet. Now, therefore, why have you not rebuked Jeremiah of Anathoth? who makes himself a prophet to you. Because he has sent us in Babylon saying, the captivity is long, build houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat, the, and eat their fruit. Zephaniah the priest read this letter in the ears of Jeremiah the prophet. Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah saying, send to all them of the captivity saying, Thus says the Lord concerning Shemaiah the Nehelamite, Because Shemaiah has prophesied to you, and I did not send him, he has caused you to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Look, I will punish Shemaiah the Nehelamite and his seed. He shall not have a man to dwell among this people. Neither shall he see the good that I will do 
to my people, says the Lord, because he has spoken rebellion against the Lord. So Shemaiah wasn't just inspiring the people to rebel. He was inspiring the people to rebel against God. He was directly going up against God. He wasn't going up against Jeremiah. Jeremiah was just the mouthpiece. He was going directly against God. And in doing so, it says that he allowed the people to believe in a life, in a lie. And I guess it would have been comforting to the people to hear um, the false prophets' messages at the time, both the, both the people living in Jerusalem and the people who were taken captive in into Babylon. Because the prophets, the false prophets were basically saying, were basically telling them peace and giving them messages of hope and not giving them messages of hope, but messages that were in itself lies. So that's a bit on the story of Jeremiah 29. And it's interesting that this story is, it's got many themes in it. It has rebellion, it has the mercies of God, it has destruction, it has doom, but it also has restoration. And a key point, a key part of this story is the influence of false prophets. And in Jesus's ministry, one of the things that he warned his disciples about as an indication of the signs of the end was that there would be false prophets and you see just how instrumental these um just how instrumental false prophets are just but in this one story alone you can see just how instrumental false prophets are so yes we have to study know god's word for ourselves and even if the message isn't reassuring and comforting, the truth is just the truth. We have to be willing to accept and know what is truth and what is error. So that's a little bit about Jeremiah 29. For me, when I studied this, this to me was amazing. Looking at this story in detail was really amazing just starting with that one verse and unpacking it and I haven't unpacked it to the fullest extent and I highly recommend that you do go and read Jeremiah 27 and read Jeremiah 28 and as I said at the start of this podcast uh, well at the start of this episode it's difficult to stay in one place because the book isn't written in chronological order but it is a very very fascinating book to read the Bible itself is very fascinating and I don't know if you knew that there was such a powerful history behind such a common verse that you will often see in people's WhatsApp status or social media bio. You just see that verse, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For us today, Jeremiah 29 is a verse that reassures us of a better future. But for the captives living in Babylon, those words signal a prophecy that needed to be fulfilled. A long 70-year prophecy. To us today, these are words of hope. To them, they were words of confinement. To us today, Jeremiah 29 is a verse of hope. To the captives, they were words that confirmed their confinement. For them to accept those words would be to accept a life of captivity and punishment. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, I see God's judgment as well as his love. 
his judgment because he allowed them to be taken. But I also see his love because he was already thinking about the end of the story. And for them, captivity wasn't their end. I hope that you've been blessed by this podcast. If so, please share it with someone 